So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to So What. This week we're excited to introduce... Um, a new format for the podcast with you guys. Originally, we've kind of been covering different topics separate from the gathering, but as our team was talking, we thought it'd be really cool to um, just do a recap of what we talk about on Tuesdays and talk about it a little bit more in depth and nuanced and some practical tips and tricks just to kind of help you really apply the lesson and the message to your life in a really tangible fashion. So last night, we entered our new series, One Way or Another, and basically the principle of this series is just comparing and contrasting the ways of the world versus the ways of the wicked and just how that plays out in your life and how we can kind of take steps to really be living in the way of the Lord and the way that he calls us to as believers. And so last night, we talked about just the way of the wise and the way of the wicked as an overview in Psalm 1. And so today, we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit and just dive into the intro of the series and have Andy recap it and all of those things. Um, before we do that, I have a question for Andy. And he talked about it last night. We were talking about what forms us spiritually. And I was talking about eating Play-Doh. And so I want to know, you didn't raise your hand when you asked everyone if they ate Play-Doh or not. Have you ever ate Play-Doh? Uh, or do your kids eat Play-Doh? I did not because I'm a big texture food person. Oh, And sure. so I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't, I mean, I have not personally seen my children eat Play-Doh, but I have a couple that I'm suspicious about that would, because uh, texture does not bother them. And so, yeah. Did you ever eat Play-Doh? I'll be honest with you. I definitely used to lick Play-Doh. Well, I was like, I was like a salty kid and it was why, so salty. Why would you not just eat it? Why, why? Well, because I'm a texture person. So I didn't like uh, okay. the, I didn't like the texture like, of it, like but a, it was really it's like salty. It was like a salt lick for a cat. It was like a salt lick. It was like one of those like, little salt lamps. Oh gosh. I licked one of those for us to get to. I was really why, into salty that's things. that's why you love like baby cow pictures and there's a, you both love salt. Maybe. That makes sense. That checks out. There's a lot in common. Oh my gosh. Ah, well, anyways. More than you wanted to know. That's all right. But <laughs> so no, I've not eaten Play-Doh. Never will. Good for you. So real quick, in case people weren't there on Tuesday, can you just do a general recap of what we talked about and kind of the message and the intro to the series? Yeah, I'll give a very quick recap because you can go back and listen to it. Um, but basically, we talked about from Psalm chapter one and uh, this idea that this, what the psalmist is talking about is he's he, painting a picture of two people: um, the wicked and the wise, um, the way of the world and the way of God, and so. We just kind of walk through, like, you know, as we go into a brand new year, um, we're often talking about what is this year going to be? What's the word of the year? What's my resolution for the year? And we're thinking change. We're thinking uh, molding our life or shaping it. And so we looked at Psalm 1 through this idea that we are spiritual beings and that we are being formed and shaped by all kinds of things. Have we ever stopped to ask, what well, what are we allowing or what are we choosing to shape not our physical body, but our inner self, our spiritual, uh, the spiritual side of us. And we are, because we're, we're spiritual beings living in a spiritual world. Um, our thoughts are spiritual. Our feelings are spiritual. And even those who are have nothing to do with the Lord, and you have atheists say they're a spiritual person though. And so it's a, we, we know this, we're spiritual people. And so mm-hmm. we looked at Psalm chapter one through that lens of like, okay, where, wh- which, where am I planted? Which way am I going to be? Um, Am I going to go the way of the, the wicked or the way of the wise? Yeah, that's good. Actually, I'm going to read Psalm 1 real quick. Just going to go through it for those yeah. who didn't listen to it. So I'll read it quick. And it says, 
Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked leads to destruction." And so I've already talked about this song before because I think it's one of your favorites. And so I had never heard of it through the lens of spiritual formation. And I thought that was really interesting. And I love that you brought up John Ortberg's definition of it, which was spiritual formation is a process of the inner self being given shape, pattern, and character. And I think when you read this psalm through that lens, it kind of gives it a whole new depth and meaning, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. And just the idea of where your feet are planted matter, what your life is planted in matters. And so... Kind of jumping into that, one of the questions that was coming up um, as we were listening to this and just talking with people was the idea of one way or another is really black and white. It's just this way or that mm-hmm. way, kind of yeah. left or right. And so I think in my conversations with people and even in my own life, I've struggled with a, okay, well, can I just be in the presence of all of these things of the world, whether that be partying, going out, people who aren't Christians, a tough work environment, like all these different things. Like, yeah. can I be in these really negative situations and just be there and exist there and it'd be okay as long as I know I'm a Christian and I know what I believe. Like, yeah. what would you say to that? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's a great question because that's the reality of life is that we live in a world that is not a Christian world. And so, you know, when you look at Jesus, we see that he was a friend of sinners, right? And he got ridiculed by the Pharisees for hanging out with people that shouldn't be hung out with. Um, but I think that it, it comes back to the motivation of why you find yourself where you are. Or doing what yeah. you're doing, right? The motivation of Christ was to come and seek and save the lost. And he was laser focused on that mission that, that his father has sent him to redeem the world and that they need to be, uh, the, the, they're lost and they need to be redeemed and saved. And so if we're, you know, if we're going to go uh, do something, then the motivation of the heart is only known by you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell <clears throat> people, I, I can look at them, I can be around them, and I can. I can maybe take a guess, but that's not my role. My role is not to judge the heart of other people. Um, And so I think as it pertains to this black and whiteness, like we live in a pretty gray world. Mm -hmm. But um, most of the time, Scripture does not sit in the gray. And so just like Psalm 1 says, there is one who is blessed. And that word, we talked last night at the gathering, that that word blessed means fulfilled and happy. Uh, It doesn't mean, you know, Physical, like you got a nicer car, new clothes, vacations. Not prosperity gospel. No, not prosperity at all. It means you will be fulfilled. Fulfilled is the one who does not do these things, but fulfilled is the one who delights in God's ways, God's law. And so that's a, I mean, then the question becomes, what's God's ways and God's law? And I think when we think through what you just asked, like, hey, well, how, you know, can I do these things? Can I... Live, you know, can I what what party? Uh, be negative, be around a community of non-believers. Like you can attend those things, um, but the motivation of the heart is: Why are you attending those things? Is the ways of the Lord motivating me? Do I want to be around non-believers so that I have an opportunity to build a relationship with them, so that I can introduce them to Christ? Or is it a different motive? of more selfishly minded of like, hey, I want to be someone. I want them to view me a certain way. Um, I want to escape from the pain in my life instead of running to the Lord with that. So that is a discernment thing. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, it's the benefit of having God's work and God's people around us that we can kind of 
ask these questions of when it comes to individual situations that are nuanced. It's and that's where the black and white black and white doesn't deal with nuance. You know, one way or another doesn't deal with nuance, but the principle is the same. Is there is the way that the world will lead us, and there is the way that God's word and God's ways lead us. So then the discernment is like, all right, which is which, and which road am I on? Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, and I think. Also, you pointed out in your message last night, just the idea of kind of going with the flow and the flow of the world, like in how mm-hmm. we are very much influenced just by what is around us, even if we don't realize yeah. it. And so just kind of the effects that being in those situations ha- has on you without having that mindset, you don't always realize yeah. it. Well, and the funny thing is, like when you look at the progression, like last night we talked about the physical progression of this psalm. Mm-hmm. You see the this person walking and then you see them stop, they stand, and then they take a seat. And so I think a lot of times we just think, well, I, of course I wouldn't be wicked. Like, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to be wicked. I'm going to walk in the way of the world today. Well, here's the, the reality is we wake up in a in a world that's already moving in a direction. Mm-hmm. And that direction is not towards God. It is not in God's ways. Uh, it is not walking along God's word. And so we wake up every day in the flow of our culture. Uh, we turn the radio on. There's They've got a playlist playing. Right, we go to work. There are people; they got their own lot. Like we wake up, and we're kind of just jumping into the flow of the river of, of our world. And so, it's always—I mean, almost always—a slow drift because no one wakes up saying, "I'm going to be wicked today." But when we are um, maybe not uh, as aware of the flow of the world, then we get taken along with, and eventually, we're like, "Yeah, whatever." Whatever I'm soaking in, that's what I believe, mm-hmm. and that's what I agree with. So it's it's almost sort of just a, a self awareness thing that we see in Psalm one of like, there are you walking, are you standing, or are you sitting? And either way, it goes from bad to worse. Yeah, for sure. Well, it just really plays with that idea of whatever we're around mm-hmm. forms us Absolutely. all the time, whether we're conscious about it or not. And so. Kind of my next question is: We talked about the ways of the world form us and the ways of the Lord form us, and so. What are some things that you've seen just kind of in your years of doing young adult ministry are some things of the world that tend to form us in a not godly way that we don't might not even realize? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing, and this is, I think it's just a human nature thing and, you know, human nature has fallen. But I think the, the thing that I see form people the most, including myself in my life, is my fears and insecurities. Mm-hmm. The things that I fear happening or not happening cause me to do things that I don't think the Lord would have me do. Um, my insecurities, the things that I lack, the things that I don't want people to find out about, um, those insecurities and fears actually push me to action because what I'm actually believing is that if I don't handle them, if I don't control them, then they're not going to happen. So the most common thing I see that forms people is their fear and their insecurity. Um, they're, they're, they haven't found security in the knowledge of the goodness and sovereignty of God, that, hey, Romans 8.28 is true, that he will work all things out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And that purpose is that he would be they would be formed to be like Christ. That's what verse 29 says, that it's not just, hey, it's whatever good you, de- you define, it's that your good is to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so trusting that God is going to do that and is going to be for our good. And, you know, I think Old Testament, you think Joseph, mm-hmm. um, some terrible things happened to him. Yeah. And they wasn't his fault. I mean, he made one really immature comment to his brothers <laughs> that got the whole ball rolling. But after that, man, he was 
other people's sin affected him in his whole life. And at the end of that story, you see this amazing phrase. He says, what man intended for evil, God intended for good. Because God is sovereign and able to take what is seemingly circumstantially bad and turn it to good. And so we forget that. And so then we run, we, we let our fears shape our attitudes, our actions, our whatever. And insecurity says the same thing. Beyond that, um, I think we see family, family uh, dynamics, what our family believes is what we believe because we're soaking in our family for a long time before we get out of that. And so family, I think more, more recently, social media, news media specifically, you know, we live in a pretty hot political climate. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that because people fear living kind of in that gray, mm-hmm. they just say, I'm going all the way this way or all the way that way. And because they feel protected. Um, they may not agree with one way or the other completely, but they feel protected by the strength of the visceral arguments that happen. So we let those things form us because we feel vulnerable without that kind of, I don't know, protection of the mob. And so that those are probably the top three is our own insecurities and fears, our family of origin, and then just the culture around us, which would include entertainment, news media, social media. Mm. So that's what I see. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think what's important about all of these things, like you realize, is they're very much in the flow of our culture. We're swimming mm-hmm. in it all the time, so we don't really realize yeah. the effect that they have on us until we stop mm-hmm. and look around and just take stock of just kind of the fruit in our lives. And that's something that we talked about actually last night, as you can tell if you're in the way of the wicked or the way of the wise by the fruit that you bear. And that term's kind of thrown mm-hmm. around a lot yep. in church. It's just you can tell where you're at by the fruit that you bear, and that's you've seen it in a lot of scripture. But my question is, what is the fruit that you're looking for? Like in the way of the wicked or the way of the wise, what are the markers and the tangibility and the fruit that yeah. we're looking for? We're kind of assessing our life where we're at. Yeah. Good question. I mean, to the, the the real quick answer to that, I think for the Christian, for those who are following Christ, submitted to Christ, is when we are walking obediently um, and growing and maturing in our faith, the fruit that is going to be uh, seen and is going to be produced is Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I think that's all of them. Um, <laughs> I, I probably a song in your one. head. Somebody's going to say something, but um, but that that's what I think about is do like and the one in there that I think maybe in our day right now that probably is the fruit that I'm I most want in my life is peace. Mm-hmm. We live in a crazy, anxious, visceral world. Is the fruit of my life bringing peace to those around me and to my own heart? Uh, and what brings peace is trusting the Lord. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your understanding. Um, is is it that Proverbs three, five, and six is so good? I learned it when I was a little kid. But trusting the Lord produces a peace that trusting in myself or the the government or other people or a situation does not bring. Um, and so, those are the fruits I look for um, in my own life. Is do I? It, it, would would people describe me as peaceful? As non is my presence non anxious? Um, do I bring a non anxious presence to wherever I go? Um, do I bring a joy that maybe the world does not offer? Uh, that even and and what and mo- most uh, I guess most blatantly in in hard times, mm-hmm. is there a joy in my life that even when things aren't going well, that I'm at peace and I have a joy that that is actually genuine. Um, and that's, we just don't see that in the world. It's all anxious all the time. And it is, yeah. So 
I think when, when he's talking about blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. But like the fruit of that, of, of walking and standing and sitting in the way of the world is literally the exact opposite of the fruit of the spirit. It is not love, it's hatred. It's not joy, it's misery, it's depression, right? And what do we see in our world? The opposite of the fruit of the spirit. Mm. And so even this Psalm 1 written so long ago, we can just look at and be like, hey, there is a very stark difference in the fruit that our world is producing and the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in our life. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. And I think sometimes too, like those fruits can be subtle. As like mm-hmm. you're talking about, like it's yeah. not, it's an absence of peace. It's anxiety. It is an unsettledness. It yeah. is an, like an elevated state of annoyance with those around you. It's all those different things you can just kind of see. And mm-hmm. we can't even see it. Like when we're not, man, the Lord's word daily, when we're not around the community of believers, when we're not in church, you can kind of see those fruits growing yeah. in yourself. And so- Well, I can absolutely feel, and then it usually takes someone else to point out that I have not been- mm-hmm soaking in God's word recently. Mm-hmm. Like I can just, like when I'm busy and by the end of that week or week and a half, two week period, and I have not been consistently in God's word, right? Like planting myself in God's word, like mm-hmm. I can feel it and I know it because I know my schedule. And then usually my wife or a coworker um, or the guys in my life that I've invited to give me feedback, they are like, hey, Andy, how, how's your time in God's word recently? And I'm like, it is not good. It's How'd not you know? They're like, well. well, you seem, you know, mm-hmm. anxious, short-tempered, frustrated. I'm like, yeah. Well, and that's why community is so important as well. Cause that happened to me over yeah. break when my friends was like, Hey, you just have a sharpness about you that like you don't normally have. And I was like, Oh yeah. And it took someone else pointing out that I was like, I'm not in the Lord's word day. Like I'm not doing the things that I should be doing. Yeah. And as soon as that switch flipped, it was everything flipped again. But Absolutely. It, that's why community I think is so important because well, that's the, they the, are subtle. You don't see those blind spots in, in yourself. Is you don't get that feedback mm-hmm. and you just keep going, right? You just start when you don't have people that know you and you're not around people consistently that know you and love you and care for you, then how are you going to know mm-hmm. if you're drifting off and being taken by the flow? And, and like, you just, mm-hmm. you know, that's why church hopping, I don't think is really, really helpful. No, it, it, it's get planted somewhere. Well, it's like you're saying, because those people can point out very subtle differences in you yeah. before they mm-hmm. get to cataclysmic, before yeah. there's something really big going on. They can just be like, Hey, back on the path, yeah. which is so important. Well, when, when you're popping in and out all the time, it's really easy to put your best foot forward in a moment or an evening or once a week. But when you're with people for long periods of time and they get to know kind of your rhythm of mm-hmm. life and your personality, then they get to see those nuances. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome. Um, last thing that I want to talk about real quick is you talked about um, just blessed is the one who delight in the Lord. That's what we talked about in Psalm 1. And so we talked about last night how sometimes that delight has to be cultivated. It is not our human nature and it is not our flesh mm-hmm. to naturally delight in God's laws and delight in the word of the Lord. And yeah. so real quick before we go, I just want to talk about some really tangible ways to cultivate that desire because I think a lot of Christians, at least I have been for part of my life, ashamed to admit that you don't have that desire all the time. Yeah. And so kind of what advice would you give to that person who is sitting there and is like, oh man, I want to be that person. I'm just not there. Yeah. Well, I think I would tell that person you're in good company. Um, I think we put a um, kind of an expectation on ourselves. And I don't know if it's the Christian culture of church, um, you know, the the Bible belt, but I think we have this idea of like, there's a right and a wrong way to do Christianity. And like, like, I mean, in some ways there are, but like when it comes to delighting in God's word, we just think when we give our life to Christ, there will be a switch that is flipped in my heart and in my head. And I will love the Bible and I will love knowing God's ways and God's word. And, um, 
that discounts the fact that we have a body <laughs> um, and that we are spiritual beings who are underneath the curse of sin. And that means our affections are have been affected. Uh, what we love, what we are drawn to has been affected and tainted by sin. And so we should expect this transition of delighting in God's word to not come natural. And mm-hmm. so that one, I would say it's okay. It, don't freak out. Um, but what I would say is, so then what are we going to do then to rearrange our affections? Um, I wake up every day with my affections and they're, they're, they're just worldly. They're fleshly. Like I, like, like to me, the snooze button every day proves this point. Like I know what I should do. I should get up early, start my day quiet in God's word with a cup of coffee and a ton of cream. Um, <laughs> so much. That's half right. And half. So, oh my, so much half and half. Um, I know it because I start my days better that way. Every time I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I did this is set my heart right, my mind right. And I'm ready to receive my kids when they walk out of their bedroom grumpy and you know they don't want to go to school. <laughs> but when I wake up late, because I've pushed snooze 10 times, but every morning I push snooze. And so then it, it becomes a discipline thing. And mm-hmm. so for me, one of the best things to do is to say, I'm going to build in the discipline of getting in God's word. And then, like I said last night at the gathering, every time I do it, by the end of my time reading God's word, I'm like, I'm so thankful and glad I did that. Delight. Mm-hmm. It, end, it starts with discipline. And almost every time it ends with delight of like, man, so good. Whether it was five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, um, I never one time ever regret being in God's word. That's delight. And so sometimes I don't start out with delight, <laughs> always end there. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think too, it's really important that it's okay to ask God to cultivate that desire Absolutely. in you as well. Yep. Those are prayers mm-hmm. that he loves to answer. And just, yeah. I think being very honest and transparent with the Lord about that is a really big thing. Well, think about like a, like a new friend that you meet, okay? Maybe you're in school when you were a kid and you went to a new school and you didn't know anybody. And every conversation was like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> what if they hate me? What, whatever. But after after some time, and it takes discipline, it takes you know a continuation of pursuing that relationship, eventually you're best friends. And you're like, I can't wait to be with that person again. And when you're separated, you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. You want to come back together. You want to hang out again, right? We've, we all felt that in COVID, just in general. Like we were just so used to being in community. And then when it was taken away, we were like, oh, I need to be around people. Even yeah. if I don't know them or don't like them, I just want to be around them. I think the same thing happens with our relationship with the Lord and his word specifically. It's like, it may start out like we're the new kid in class, but the more we spend with the Lord, the more time we invest in that relationship, the more it will feel weird not to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will long for it. We will delight because we've marinated and we've and we've planted ourselves. We've, uh, as, as Psalm 1 says, we've meditated on his word. And so it's become a part of us. And so anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. And this is something that you're struggling with. We also released two episodes on Quiet Time mm-hmm. a few months ago, and yeah. they're really good. And they just kind of talk about how to cultivate this desire and yeah. how to practically do it really well. How to read God's word. Different ways to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any closing thoughts? No, I would just say, man, th- th- this is the fun part of our faith is plant yourself in God's word and see what he does. Like, just be mm-hmm. curious and say, hey, God, would you grow these things in me? Would you change my affections? Um, and so that what God, God's word and God's ways then becomes a part of who we are, not just something we attend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we're going to see you next week for next week's recap of the gathering. Have a good week.